Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Transformed by the renewing of our minds. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This morning we're beginning a multi-part mini-series on just these two verses. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, and here's why. These two verses provide a vitally important foundation and a summary plan of action for the whole Christian life. So, and it's, I'm not exaggerating this point, that if we can get these truths, if we can grasp what is stated here in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and we get to apply these truths consistently in our lives, our lives will be changed. Our lives will be transformed. So during the next few weeks, we're going to break down and study the key phrases in these verses. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, true, and pleasing, proper worship to God. Not being conformed to this world. Being transformed by the renewing of the mind. And that last phrase, that being transformed by the renewing of the mind, that's the final objective. That's the underlying truth for all the other phrases. Because ultimately we're seeking to be changed from who we were in our sins to who the Lord desires for us to be as his image bearers, his true worshipers, his temple of the Holy Spirit, and his beloved children. That's what the change is necessary. That's where we're looking to be transformed. We're saying, Lord God, we were in this condition. We are seeking to be in this condition. And we are being changed, being transformed. We are being sanctified. That's what the Bible speaks about. We are brought into Christ Jesus. We're justified by faith. That's what we've learned. But we are being sanctified. We don't all of a sudden, when we accept the Lord Jesus, come into everything that he has intended for us. We have to continually die to self, crucify the flesh with its passions and desires, say no to ungodliness and worldliness, say yes to the work of the Spirit, receive the instruction of God, apply the truth of God, and then we are being transformed. So that's where we're going. That's what we're doing. So before we look at the first phrase, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, notice that Paul says we consider these truths in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy and then the rest. Again and again, the Bible keeps reminding us of God's mercy. We sang about that this morning. We are, you know, reminded of it in so many different ways. It's so wonderful. We ended last year by acknowledging the mercies of God to us. And 
we, we remember constantly that we deserve judgment, but we receive mercy. We are going to the judge, and instead of seeing the judge's face, we see the Savior's face. That's the reality of what God does for us, that he shows us mercy. And so, why does Paul repeat this phrase again? In view of God's mercy. Because he's wanting us to remember that we don't obey God, we don't receive his word, we don't try to apply his word based on fear or condemnation. We don't say, oh, I'm so afraid that God will punish me, I better obey. Oh, I feel so guilty that I did these wrong things, I better change. Oh, you know, these people have said these things to me and I want to please them, therefore I got to do this. No. We say, thanks be to God who has loved us and shown mercy to us and been kind to us and I can't help but respond to him with obedience, with sacrifice, with submitting my life to him. And so it's not fear or condemnation that drives us to live good Christian lives, to be blameless before God. It is because of God's mercy that we can even comprehend his word, his truth, and then we can respond to those truths that are expressed to us in love. We can obey those truths and therefore live victorious Christian lives. It is when we are grateful for and humbled by God's mercy that we seek God's knowledge and wisdom. Otherwise, we will rely on ourselves. If we don't constantly keep reminding ourselves of the mercy of God, we will rely on ourselves. We'll say, it's because I did this. It's because of my good works. It's because I have been faithful to God. Not God's faithfulness to me, but because I have been faithful to God. All these years, I have been faithful. That's what we will say. And so the Bible constantly keeps reminding us, in view of God's mercy, in view of his kindness, in view of what he has done, respond. That's where we are. So, in view of what, in view of God's mercy, what should we do? We offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And the sacrifices in the tabernacle and in the temple included sin offerings and whole burnt offerings. Right? So God instituted certain things for the children of Israel and he said to them, this is what you must do. And he instituted these sin offerings. And the sin offering was administered by the shedding of blood, the primary means or method by which they would do that sin offering was to slaughter the animal and to allow the blood to be shed and the blood ran down on the altar and the blood was sprinkled and the blood was there and the, and the whole emphasis was that that shedding of blood, life that was in the blood, life that had been now come to an end, a sacrifice that was made, the shedding of the blood was necessary for the forgiveness of sins. Right? And so this sin offering was offered for the forgiveness of sin. The whole burnt offering, even as that term implies, is where the sacrificial lamb was totally burnt up. The emphasis, that, I mean, it was completely consumed. It was supposed to be this perfect lamb. You know, it must have tasted great too. But, you know, grass-fed and everything. But, you know, but, you know, but this lamb was meant to be consumed. 
it, by fire, totally, whole burnt offering. And you know why? Because the emphasis there was that this is a total consecration, a total giving. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not offering something to God, cutting out something of the choice parts of it and saying, I'll keep this for myself. I'm giving this that is precious. I'm giving this that was good, holy, blemishless, pure. I'm, I'm consecrating it entirely for God. So the whole burnt offering was offered up and the whole thing was burnt up. Right? So these sacrifices, these ways in which the children of Israel day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year would continue to offer these sacrifices, these Old Testament sacrifices were pointing to New Testament fulfillment. And everything that God instituted in the past was to point his children to the Messiah. Everything that God instituted in the past must be filtered through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Everything that God instituted in the past must be filtered through the cross of Jesus. And so when we look at it in that way, sin offerings stop at the cross because Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God without sin or blemish, offered up his body once and for all for the forgiveness of sins. So we don't need to shed blood as a propitiation for our sins or seek forgiveness through a physical sacrifice. We don't need to do that anymore. Why? Because Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, came and did that. On the cross, sin offerings stopped. But at the cross, it also means that death, which was the penalty of sin, also stopped at the cross. Right? Death was the wages of sin. But Jesus' death was sufficient to pay the price for all sin. So we don't need to kill a lamb or have any other substitutionary animal on our behalf, die on our behalf. We don't need that anymore. So that also stops at the cross. And so we appropriate what Jesus did for us. We appropriate his perfect substitution. He became the perfect substitute for us. We no longer have to have the lamb or other things that would substitute for us. Jesus became the perfect substitute. Right? That's what the, these sacrifices are pointing to. But, but although we don't any longer need these physical sacrifices to atone for sin, keep in mind that the whole burnt offering was about consecration, devotion. Consecration and ongoing consecration and devotion to God don't stop at the cross. Those are self-sacrifices of submission, of obedience that we continue with even past the cross. Right? Which is why Paul is using that language of sacrifices to impress on us the need for the critical need for spiritual sacrifice. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's why he's doing that. And so here, bodies here represents our whole being, our 
spirit, soul, and body, everything. It's not just about the flesh. It's about who we are, how we think, everything, that we would give it to the Lord, everything given to God completely. And so we are sacrificing everything that we are, who we are, totally to the Lord. Instead of offering the parts of our bodies and ourselves as a whole to the pursuit of pleasure or power, we offer up ourselves as whole burnt offerings. We're saying, consume me, Lord. Take me and burn me up. I'm giving you myself. We're saying, God, take all of me. I offer myself to you. And when we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, when we offer our bodies to God as living sacrifices, it is indicating that we continue to be physically alive. We're not committing suicide. We're not coming to the Lord and saying, I, I'm ending my physical life. No, we are continuing to live physical lives and we are continuing to live and we are continuing to be spiritually alive. So in that sense, both physically and spiritually, we continue to be living sacrifices, living and yet dead, right? We have been brought from spiritual death to spiritual life and we are continuing to die to self but when we offer our bodies to God as living sacrifices, there is an implicit truth that is important for us to be reminded of. Because when we say we're giving our lives, our bodies to God, it is because our bodies are His. We're not doing something here out of our own capability. When we offer our bodies to God, and, we, and the Bible is reminding us, do this, do this, do this. It's not a request. It's saying, this is, this is not yours to begin with. In Romans chapter 11, we ended with this powerful statement, for from him and through him and for him are all things, including our bodies, including our minds including what we put our hands to, our efforts, everything is from Him, through Him, and for Him. And so, here in Romans 12, how does it begin? Therefore. Therefore why? Therefore, after all these things that you've learned in Romans 1 through 11, and knowing the salvation of God and the truths of God and the things that He's done, and knowing that it is all for Him, therefore in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. It's His anyway. It's His to do with as He wills. And because they are from God and sustained by Him and for Him, we have to have a stewardship mentality versus an ownership mentality about our own bodies. We have to be able to say, Lord God, my body whether I like it or I don't like it, whether it needs some surgery or it doesn't need surgery, whether it's healthy or it's not, it is from you, it is for you, it's being sustained because of you. Lord God, this is not mine. That's the mindset that we need to get to. Now, next week, as we connect this idea of offering our bodies to worship, and not being conformed to the world, as we start to connect those phrases, I'll say some more things about the body, and about body image, and what we think about, and how we think about things, and so on. This week, I just want to get us started. 
I just want to get us thinking about this. And I want to get us where we start to orient our minds and start to orient our thinking to saying, Lord God, create in me a new heart, a new mind, a new way of looking at things, a different perspective, because I cannot continue the way that I have been. Most of the things around us, and if we're honest, most of the ways in which we think of our own bodies, is affected not by the truth of God. It's affected by what the world says. It's affected by what somebody said to us. It's affected by some fear. It's affected by shame. Somebody said something unkind, mean, whatever. And then we do something, not in response to God's truths, and God saying, this is from me. Right? We say, oh, I've got to change this, I've got to do this, I have to do that. Why? Because we have not set our minds on these truths. So this is what I'm emphasizing. That we would say, Lord God, I want you to be Lord of my mind. Lord of my thinking. And I want to offer my body in the right way. With the right thinking and mindset. Which is why when we respond to this word of God, when we respond and apply this word of God that we have heard by viewing the mercy of God, we respond by offering our bodies as living sacrifices. Now, we can spend quite a bit of time, and I can take time from here to talk about exercise, and diet, and sleep, and physical care, and all of that. And I encourage you, do what is right in all those areas. But today I want to just let say one thing. When you do any of that, when you do, don't do any of it, when you, whatever it may be, what is the thought that's going on in your head that drives you to do that or not do something or whatever it may be? What is the thinking? Are you rightly thinking of your body belonging to God and offering it up to God as a living sacrifice? Are you saying, Lord God, in everything that I do and think and say, when I eat or I drink, when I speak, when I just go to any place, when my feet take me someplace, when I put my hands to do something, when I look with my eyes at something, whatever I am doing, when I speak with my tongue, am I doing it as a spiritual act of worship, offering my body to you as a living sacrifice to be taken and be burnt up by you so that out of that would come new life so that nothing of myself would remain so that people would not know me for who I think I am but people would know me for who you say that I am and people would know me for not my capabilities but people would know Jesus through me that's where we need to be that's what we're talking about. So like I said, in the next few weeks, we'll go through this. We'll start to go and pray through this and say, Lord God, help me to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. This week, I encourage you, I challenge you. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we do this, when we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, Lord, you said that you will keep our minds in perfect peace. Anyone whose mind is stayed on you, you said you will keep us at peace. Lord, you said that when we offer our bodies to you, you will be the one that provides for our physical needs. 
Lord, when we offer our bodies to you, when we offer our whole beings to you, Lord, you said that you will give us peace and the joy and, Lord, the calmness of spirit that we need. Lord, all around us, we are seeing signs of agitation and we seek to be at rest. I thank you, Lord, that when we offer ourselves to you, you keep us at rest. We are not agitated. We are able to remain calm in you. This week, Lord, I pray that you would cause us to remember this. Lord, New Year's is a time of resolutions. And one of the most common resolutions is to start exercising, start doing something about the body. It's about diets. Lord, as much as we may do any of those things, as much as we may need to do some of those things, I pray that more importantly, we will pay attention to what we are doing to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to you. How we think about this matters. And we pray, Father, that you would speak to us. You would guide us. So that, Father, we would do these things with great joy. That we would, Lord, have such a settled and wonderful, Lord, perspective of our own selves. We will have our identities in Christ Jesus. Throughout this week, speak to us and deliver us in that way, Lord. Guide us, direct us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.